Welcome to Beer and a Movie, the podcast where we talk about two of the greatest art forms known to humanity, beer and movies. Sometimes we achieve outstanding pairings, and other times we give ourselves the opportunity to watch the terrible taste of failure from our mouths. I am your host, Carlos Cooper. With me as always... Dave Gurney. I'm Joe Hilliard, and Carlos, you have brought a friend with you. I do have a single friend that I have brought with me. (laughs) This Uh, is his only friend, by the uh, way. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, he is uh, a record store clerk first. Uh, (laughs) Human being second. second. Human being second, uh, musician third, um, and also a part of... Uh, world's greatest complainer the podcast that mm-hmm. our friends do so this is we've had two of the three now wow so now oh, we're wow. clint calling you out but uh it is uh the cute owl from the blind owls josh Delion. <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you i forgot jeremy was on here though i thought you only had guests named josh de Leon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, also our second josh de Leon. yeah that's true I forgot about we, that. the, yeah, yeah. how many weird kind of check marks do you allow us to make in these uh different cards you throw a rock in the city yeah. and you hit a josh de Leon. yeah wow yeah. well again yeah never mind <laughs> i don't i don't need to tell that story it's a waste of time <laughs> All right, so I am excited about the beer tonight. Yes. Yeah. It's a callback to an earlier conversation. Episode? Right. Episode number 39. That was released those, on? Uh, on May 29th. So just, just a few weeks back. Um, by the time this goes on, maybe a, actually over a month, probably two month months. A month and a half, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but anyhow, we were talking about Detective Pikachu and uh, the tie-in there with the golden color of Pikachu bringing in a golden stout to drink, and it was our or blonde stout, as they're sometimes called. And that was the first time, I think, for Carlos and Joe, yeah. right? To have to my recollection. this style. And we kind of pondered the style. Mm-hmm. And I had the opportunity to pick up another, uh, this one labeled a blonde stout from Legal Remedy Brewing, and they are out of, oh gosh, I just had it up. Where are they? They are in... South Carolina. Is it? I saw that earlier. Yeah, South Carolina, Rock Hill, South Carolina. Very That's what good. I thought. Um, so they, out of Rock Hill, South Carolina, this is World Court Mocha Blonde Stout. So there's obviously some uh, mocha element in there, although the description is a blonde stout with coffee aroma, right, the mocha, and a flavor finished with a hint of white chocolate. So we're, we're going to see how this one stacks up, and it's definitely pouring blonde or yeah, golden. Yeah, exactly like the, yeah. the one we had the before. Que- the question that we pose... From yeah. Superior Bathhouse. Yeah, with the earlier De Soto one. DeSoto's right. probably the, the shout-out yeah, Superior had, Bathhouse. Right. We like them a lot. Mm-hmm. Um... But the question that we're posing, is it a real style? Yeah. That's the question I'm posing. I won't speak for everybody. Yeah. And And if I recall, the conversation we had back then was that uh, by not using roasted roasted malt, you you keep the color different. You also get a different different, uh, flavor profile. And then the brewers try to compensate by doing usually coffee notes, banana notes sometimes to create the illusion of stout. Right. And I recall that my mind... And my mouth weren't cooperating in calling this a stout at the time. Yeah. My mind and my mouth seldom cooperate. So I <laughs> am familiar. As, um, as our listeners know all too well now. All too well. Yeah. Gonna... Um, so we're, we're going to, you know, so, so we have another one here. We're going to sip on this while we, we talk about a recent release. And, and for good reason, we've brought on Josh, um, given his musical knowledge and his musical output 
So I'm, I'm going to toss it over to him so he can say a little bit about the film and, and maybe what uh, he, he's thinking about his ties to it. What's yeah. the movie about, Josh? Yeah, so the movie was Yesterday. Have we said that? No. We haven't yet. No. No. It's in yeah. the title, though. It is in the title. Right. Um, it is a story about a struggling singer-songwriter um, trying to make it, but is uh, not doing anything, really, uh, playing like kids' parties, not even actual uh, shows, it seems like. Mm-hmm. But uh, one day he gets into an accident, and he recovers from it to find out that nobody knows who the Beatles are. Dun, 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 dun. It was a power flash, too, right? It was, well, yeah, like it was the, an event. Yeah, it was like, an event, yes. Right, yes. right. But it happened to coincide with his, with his crash. So, like, bicycle. the power in the entire world goes out for, like, 12 seconds or something. Right, right. Um, but and during that time, all memory of the Beatles, by every single person in the world except for him, yeah, we believe. goes away. Well, yes. Goes away. Right. Uh, uh, and goes so away. he finds out when uh, he says something to the girl, and she's like, what the fuck are you talking about? But then the real revelation comes when he... They buy him a new guitar because his got broken in the crash. And it's a very nice guitar. And he's like, well, great guitar. needs a great song. Plays Yesterday by the Beatles. And they're like so moved. And they're like, oh, my God, when did you write that? And he's like, I didn't write it. <laughs> John, Paul, Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney. <laughs> Paul John George Arango. It was originally scrambled eggs. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Great, be- better lyrics, I'd, I'd argue. I imagine since this is a... Uh, well, go ahead. We're not even done. So We're everyone done forgets yet. the Beatles and then Josh... So that, yeah, so, so the, his whole dilemma is uh, I'm a musician. Should I record and put out these songs or... As my own. As my own. Because uh, no one would even know. I would look like a crazy person if I was arguing this. But. Well, and also one of the things I'm sure we'll get into is Danny Boyle's signature, you know, style. Yeah. And I, one of the things I enjoyed, I'm eager to know y'all's opinion on the movie. One of the things I enjoyed in the movie was the uh, searches, the Google search, that whole yeah. uh, desi- Ooh, yeah. design yeah. of, of course, the first thing you're going to do is Google the Beatles. For sure. And the only thing that will come back in that top right Google search result the animal. is the animal, the, a beetle. The insect, yeah. Uh, and yeah. Looks, uh, looks them all up, and, and yeah. there seems to be no trace of the Beatles. So why do we bring you on this episode, Josh? Uh, I may have listened to a couple Beatles albums. <laughs> yeah, we did not. <laughs> none of us had ever heard of the Beatles yeah, actually before so this, this movie. movie really, yeah. I hear, <laughs> I actually. I discovered the Beatles um, when Kanye West featured Paul McCartney on the track. <laughs> and uh, gave him a career. Gave him a career. You're no, like, who is this no, McCartney fellow? Josh's band, The Blind Owls, go listen to The Blind Owls on Spotify, Tidal, or wherever you New single music. out, right? New single New out. New single out. There goes my girl. mixed by me. Yeah. Nice. But y'all started covering a lot of Beatles songs. Not too many, but in high school, we did do the talent show, and we did like a Beatles medley. Nice. Um, I... For some we, reason, we all, I have this memory of y'all doing a lot of Beatles songs. Maybe it's because you wore the suits. Yeah, we would only we would do Helter Skelter a lot, though. That's a good right. one. That, that's that's a banger. Right. Yeah, yeah, but y'all are very much of the 60s garage mod kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. We definitely started that way. We definitely dive into like other like psych and garage and stuff. But I think overall, we've kind of maintained that. Yeah. Uh, that look and image yeah. and, and sound, for yeah. sure. Yeah, and, and, and I'll just say, as a, an objective... Uh, critic here on on the blind owl sound i will i will wholeheartedly endorse their output please give them a listen i think all of our listeners would enjoy if you're listening to this because you like the beatles and because you're curious what our take is i think you're gonna like the blind owls a lot yeah go buy a record yeah 
Absolutely. Um, but yeah, the Google search thing to go back to right. what you were saying is great. The art so design I of love the, the cuts. The when cuts it, yeah. and later on in the movie, when he doesn't, when he finds out it's not uh, in the world they they're living in, and then it cuts to the Google search. And yeah, Coca Cola. Um, I mean, there's more than just the Beatles. We find cigarettes, out. cigarettes, that Harry part, Potter. Yeah, Harry that, that's that's the big one at <laughs> the, the end. So like that that is for for folks who love those like last moment uh, twists. There sort of twists. Uh, you know, Potter, we've spoiled yeah. it for you, but that's okay. This is a spoiler podcast. Yes, yes. This we're is always a, this is spoilers. We're always about that. But yes, and my girls. Entering the spoiler zone. I, I brought my my daughters with me to see it. And that one really, like, I think more so than the world forgetting the Beatles, the world forgetting Harry Potter was, like, unthinkable. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, I almost was... think they'll, they're hoping for a sequel where they get to explore. What does that mean if right? nobody knows who Harry Potter yeah. is? Yeah. So if, okay, so we've ta- we mentioned that it's directed by Danny Boyle, who, uh-huh. if you're not familiar, uh, is most notable for Train Spotting and 28 Days Later. Mm-hmm. He also did Slumdog, uh, Slumdog Millionaire, right. this, the good Steve Jobs movie with Michael Fassbender uh-huh. uh, that Aaron Sorkin wrote. Uh, what was um, the... 127 Hours. Th- thank you. I was yes. just, I'm like, what was the James Franco uh, hiking? Shouts out James Franco while we're on the subject. <laughs> uh, my dude. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so notable director, highly regarded. Um do we know anything else about the rest of the cast? I mean, I was well, talking the, to Josh before we started rolling. You know, this, a big part of how they've marketed it has been, yes, Danny Boyle is director, but also Richard Curtis doing the screenplay. Okay. And he's not a big luminary in my mind, but he was the guy who wrote Love Actually, which is uh, one of the most notorious That makes a lot of sense now. Of the last couple decades. Sure. Yeah. So, because every, I mean... I was going to say, it's appropriate we're doing this on a podcast because I feel like 90% of the podcasts I listen to have had advertisements for yesterday over Mm. the last couple months. And every time it's like, from the director of Slumdog Millionaire and the the writer writer of Love Actual. (laughs) Love it. Exactly. But the guy, has he been in much? Oh, Himesh Patel? Patel? Yeah. I think this is kind of his breakout. I I think think he's maybe had some small things here and there. And then Lily James is the girl's name? Yes. Loved her. Loved her. We've we've neglected to mention that intertwined throughout his rising career as he begins to exploit the Beatles music is uh, a a love story of sorts with his longtime best friend manager. Oh, definitely. Band manager. Which Uh, we're getting to. Sure. Uh, to, To that, but has she... So not a not a star-studded cast, not a love no, actually. I mean, situation. Ed Sheeran's yeah. the biggest star. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be getting there too. Uh, yes. <laughs> don't say that name. No, and, and like Slumdog <laughs> Millionaire, I mean, Kate he'll, McKinnon. He'll, he'll do say, that. Yeah, yeah. He'll yeah. do that when the story requires it. When the story requires a bit of anonymity to to believe. Yeah. You know, you don't yeah. put George Clooney in that. Right? Yeah. For sure. I mean, and that you know, I can't well, even believe be. I'm going to say this, but the Ed Sheeran thing works. Like it works because oh. of course <laughs> <laughs> we've just lost Josh. He's passed out. It, it, of well, course, of course, you're gonna. You know, it takes place in the UK. What's he's, the Ed Sheeran? He's thing? British. Well, the fact is he that, actually from Suffolk? Isn't that like the the area? Like the part of the premises? I I don't, I don't know. I didn't I, look into his background. I don't know if he's actually from that specific town, but he is British, uh-huh. and so it would it makes sense in this world that if you have a guy who's writing some of the best songs that have ever been written that nobody's ever heard of that. To, for him to the best platform he could be given is opening for Ed Sheeran. I hate to say that he is, from but Suffolk. it is it is true. He's like one of the biggest British pop stars of our current day, mm-hmm. oh, and yeah. just songwriters. Yeah, yeah, and 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 yeah, yeah. right, one of the few guys who's like a 
songwriter who actually makes it to the charts and right. has yeah. like a big yeah. So the character Rocky, uh, I really like, and he was also in Game of Thrones, which is kind of jarring at first. But the character is so different; he's such a buffoon in this movie that um, it works for me. But the part. When they're getting on the plane. Yes, and he just roasts Ed Sheeran. <laughs> he roasts him. He's like, he's like, oh, yeah, bro, I love the rapping. And he's like, oh, really? He's like, no, no. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't work out. Yeah, shouldn't do it again. Yeah. <laughs> Leave it to and the he, brothers, yeah, he says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's just letting him have it. It's so good. But, okay, so to, to get to the meat of it, this isn't a movie about people forgetting the Beatles. This is, yes. a, this is a rom-com where the backdrop is people forgot the that Beatles. That was yeah. my initial beef with the film going into it. I was going to see it as a Beatles fan. I had to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, in a world where like the Beatles are forgotten, <laughs> like there's there should be some more repercussions. I was getting into like the little things of it, and it was not that kind of movie. I, yeah. And so that kind of bothered me. But I, it bothered I agree. Wrong too. I mean, I, I think... Th- and I knew it going into it, like you, that, it, okay, it's going to be this love story, really. Um, that, it looked it's gonna cheesy kinda... to me at first. I guess yeah. it was, it was, I was afraid they were going to take my Beatles and make them. Right, right. And I think they actually not, not handle good. some of the Beatles stuff well, but it's just, it's such a rich kind of premise in in some ways that I kind of would have just enjoyed a film that kind of explored more of like what are, like what does it mean when you have something that's, really popular like is it about its moment is it about the time or could it be popular in any moment that it happened to appear you know what i mean yes. which is something this film has no interest it's like yep it the, it is it, right. yeah. it's definitely popular at any time it no. just happens I, so yeah, i agree i kind of wish they had played more around with that like yes he and, would and, know the songs were great but nobody would listen to them and there's a moment like there's like maybe yes, five was, minutes of I, that i i like it was taking notes in the movie and I wrote that I was like, oh, okay. They're spending time actually like showing that he's playing, and nobody actually right. cares about yeah. the right. songs. And that was some of the, the. I think that stretch of the film was the part I liked the most. Yeah, that, that yeah. Actually, I felt the most real. I definitely yeah. had that thought when we when I was watching it, where I was like, are these gonna work fifty years later? Yeah, or, yeah. You know, it, like, it was it was a little strange the song choice also for me. I felt like they could have been like, there's a, there's more, there were better picks, I guess, that might have. It's a lot of the hoppier stuff. Yeah. But even then, like random ones too, I guess. I liked. Right. I liked that they. I, one of the scenes I liked the most was when Maxwell Silverhammer comes back to him. Yes, I love that song. I liked that they did carry that weight. I thought it worked. Yeah, when they used yeah. It. I like that he he like showed him trying to remember every single song. Yeah, even though yeah. they didn't get to play him and yeah. right, right, um, all the post hits and yeah. yeah, the whole let it be bit is really funny. Yeah, I th- uh, I, I they thought... like won't let him play yeah. it, and it's just like, <laughs> dude, this is like one of the greatest songs ever. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> That was funny. It's that, good. That was it's a good a, scene. It's okay, a good so there movie. were parts that you, a, you you were you just said a phrase, David, that was interesting. That was my favorite stretch of the movie. Yeah. And then what happens? Does it go off the rails? Then it just becomes much more predictable, I guess. It's like it, it, it becomes much more just color by numbers. It's like okay, so this woman who he's had this platonic relationship with all his life, who clearly has this great affection for him, and it like he takes it for granted and she wants him to be more than that to, you know there is it, no original conceit there at all right it it, it followed a lot of this very predictable conventions right. of the rom-com there and right. that you know 
and I don't have anything against romantic comedies. I occasionally am in the mood to watch romantic comedy. I, I like good movies, and if, if there's a good romantic comedy, I, I'll probably yeah, enjoy it. But it absolutely. But I'll be honest, it's not a genre that I find myself going to a lot. Right. It's, it's not a mood that I'm often trying to Well, there's to a into. high failure ratio there. Yeah. If, if the critical point well, is a rests, good a rom-com. It rests so much on the chemistry of the performers yeah. and their ability to inhabit whatever quirks the characters are supposed to have. I say it's the ability to transcend the 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 formulaic that you're talking about. Well, there's very and every few once that, in a while, every once in a while, got, what what rom com? I mean, I, this is maybe getting us down uh-huh. a tangent, but big tangent. Yeah, I, I mean, okay. I can't think of many right right now that I'd be like, oh yeah, that's a standout rom com right. because it does something I agree so with unique you. with its plot mm-hmm. or with it's mostly about oh, do I like these actors? Do I like the way that they come together? Do Are I the like, jokes good? Yeah, I mean, when Harry met Sally. Kind of stands out as one yeah. because it like looks at a specific kind of relationship over a long period of time, right. and you know. But the actors I don't know. are perfect. There, there's not a whole yeah. lot of others that I can yeah. instantly be like, oh yeah, that one. Although, and, and this I, isn't one either. <laughs> is, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, sadly, not for me. I, I. I don't think so. I've not seen Love Actually, so I, I know that a lot of people have a lot of fondness yeah, for that one who love rom coms. You do. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so you didn't feel, did you feel that magic with this one? Were you feeling, no? No, I enjoyed the movie. It was enjoyable Mm -hmm. to a point, and I'll tell you what that point was, and then the end after that point, really, I just said, okay, they have made mistakes here. Okay. Mm -hmm. You you know what I mean? Uh, And Danny Boyle takes risks, and we can look at his career, train spot, I mean, you know. He takes risks. He's not yeah. afraid to take risks. I think he's at a point in his career, and I think certainly that this material, because this movie and the production of Bohemian Rhapsody had to have overlapped. In other words, this was an, an original thought that was created after Bohemian Rhapsody's success. Yeah, absolutely. But they had to have been eager to release the film once Bohemian Rhapsody was a, a success, because there's an audience out there for British, music-themed, feel-good, although, you know, Tra- there's a tragedy at the end. And this movie didn't deliver a satisfying experience. Hmm. But I sure love those Beatles songs. Okay. You follow me? Yeah. And I will get to the point that I completely went off the rails with the movie. But up until that point, I was enjoying it. And when Ed Sheeran showed up, I groaned, but I yeah. had the exact same thought that you did, Carlos, and that is, what is a music trajectory? What if he had gone on Britain's Got Talent? Would that have been a... A, Worse. A, right, exactly. Worse. So they get a big star, and Ed Sheeran is a big star, mm-hmm. whether you like his music or not. Yeah. He packs in, he packs him into big stadiums. Yeah. Uh, and so, but in five years, will Ed Sheeran be that big? And now you've got Probably. a very dated film of that guy Ed Sheeran, whose songs I used I th- to like. I think he's, he's big. I think he's big enough, even okay. in this and, moment. And he's been around test, long but, enough. But, right. Yeah. But I hear what you're saying. I mean, I don't know. I found it as much as. I wasn't as excited about it after it kind of got through the initial like, oh, will he make it? Will he not make it? Once it kind of got more back to the mechanics of the rom-com and then um, the machinery of the music industry is that like kind of, t- which I'm, I honestly, I'm a little on the fence with. I, I There were moments where I was like, oh, I kind of like that they have Kate McKinnon playing yeah. this kind of like very broad and it's like, she's just yeah. pure evil really. Exactly. I mean, like there's she's nothing- just telling her intentions Directly, yeah, right? To the exactly. Like what we do is we take what you do and we make a lot of money off of it and we give you a little tiny bit. And yeah, <laughs> and it's it it's funny, 
But then I'm like, okay, but then where do you go from there? There's yeah. no de- you can't develop that relationship. It's not like she fooled him. It's like she's just being nakedly well, honest. Well, he fooled her. Him. He fooled her. Yeah, yeah, right at the end, right? Yeah. Yes. I mean, he takes it away from her. Yeah, that's right. Josh, what do you think? Uh, I felt similar. Uh, I, I did overall enjoy it and, uh, I had fun with it. I, I did kind of like tell, have to tell myself, all right, turn your brain off. Like don't pick at the, the little things that would be missing, like the influence the Beatles would have on the world and those things also having to be gone and stuff like that. I just, I just had to say like, okay, now the Beatles don't exist, but everything else is normal. And did they present a world where, uh, where the power of the Beatles positive message didn't happen. No, and see that—that's another thing too. It's just like it's not even just music. That would be but philosophically like, interesting. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Like and Danny Boyle single is thing. smart enough to have thought of that. Sure. Without uh, the song "Imagine," without the, the effect of John Lennon's assassination on 1980s America and yeah. the world and the world. Yeah. What would the world be now? Right. Or like the you whole know, just... introducing. Uh, like music from India and Asia, all yeah. those those areas to, that they had in, in music, Western audiences, yes, yeah, exactly. and or you know like just the idea of power pop as a genre, or like all this. Even I mean, a lot of people will point to how you know like Helter Skelter and stuff like that influenced yeah. punks. And, without you know, like, the, without Beatlemania in America and the British yeah. invasion of America, the entire music scene would be right. different. Other right. musicians wouldn't exist because the Beatles hadn't. Yeah. Recording, yeah, recording techniques, Again, everything, the, just just the way the, albums are occurred, made. These occurred to me, too, and this right. was, like, the stuff that I'm like, oh, I'd like to know more about. Like, this wouldn't have this very isolated effect on how things had gone. Exactly. exactly. This would have a very wide, rippling kind of effect on popular culture, mm-hmm. just especially with something like the Beatles that had such a... I mean, not, let alone cigarettes, Coca-Cola, and Harry Potter. I mean, <laughs> like, all, all of those things would change the world significantly. So it's it's like the butterfly effect thing just doesn't factor here at right. all. Yeah. They're, they're not thinking that way. Yeah, so I, I just had to tell myself, like, don't think about those things. Yeah. So just as a movie, it was fun, but yes, right. very predictable and... I didn't expect uh, the one thing to happen at the end that I guess was supposed to be like the twist or whatever, or the big unveiling. Um, but like the actual ending, him coming out and, and saying that I didn't write these songs. Everything was just predictable and him getting with the girl. Yeah. The, it, it was, the twist is that there are two other people that remember the Beatles and they're not going to out him. They're actually they were, thankful that right. he's singing these songs because they cannot sing. And yeah. they just are glad they can still hear them in some way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then the other thing that they tracked down yeah. John, John yeah. Lennon, he's still alive because yes. nobody assassinated him. Right. Yeah. Just so. a sailor. Which they did, a, they did a good job. I didn't realize that was Robert Carlyle until I read after. I don't know who that is. Who that was. I don't know. He who was, was Begbie in train spotting. So, oh, okay. so one of Boyle's, uh, you Long-time know, old, collaborators. Right, exactly. And, you know, obviously they did a little makeup on him. But he yeah. did, you know, you look at him, it's like, yeah, he kind of has like a John passing Lennon. resemblance. And, um, I I actually found that moment okay. I know it's kind of a controversial moment for a lot of people. How, did, is it? Did it? I thought it was lacking for me. I saw it on the other side of the controversy. I thought it it, it, it made works. it made the movie stupid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe if it was more meaningful, or he like showed him music because he was playing guitar whenever he gets to the right, house. And well, right. To me, it was a screenwriting beat necessary to tip him over the edge of the, exactly. of the, right. of the like, big yeah, decision his, he his had. His advice was so there direct. There is a John Lennon yeah. I'm stealing from him, even if he doesn't know that I am. Yeah. I mean, but the I think the 
thing that it was a huge risk move. We're going to show John Lennon. Yeah, yeah, because they didn't show Paul and Ringo. And, and, yeah. and to me, it feet, was a risk feet, that yeah. just didn't work. Yeah. It just didn't work. I disagree. I, I and that's what maybe makes it interesting and good is I, that there are. I know that there are two big two polar, schools of thought. Yeah, this. yeah, big time. I th- yeah, I think that I think that that is the part that makes. I mean, obviously, it you know opens the main character up to like, oh, so this guy is not the biggest pop star in the world anymore as I know him, and he's still living a very happy, content life. So the success I've been chasing is not the most important thing. The person that's been with me the whole time is the most important thing. So obviously it has that. And then it also has the, like, okay, I don't feel as bad as I did because he's okay, and I did it, and me doing this isn't fucking up his life or, like, isn't, you know, terrible and all that kind of stuff. I Yeah, I, I thought that scene worked. I also think you guys are fucking crazy <laughs> for wanting to delve into the effect that the lack of the Beatles would have. Do you know how extensive that would be? Do you know sure. how impossible yeah. to quantify that would be? Yeah, but wouldn't the, it be and, fun to see him try? It would be a bad movie. Ooh. I don't think that. I don't think you can make that a good. movie. I think that would be a better series. Um, Maybe uh, a series yeah. with that idea, but. Yeah. It would oh, yeah. be a bad movie. Yeah, you, you know, they, uh, they go to. The, it's too much. There's way, way, and so and so. That's a that's a thing. It's we a see, different movie. It's a thing we see a lot in movies. Is sometimes movies try to do too much, or they try to cover too long a right. period of time, or they try to cover too many characters. And the thing about a movie is that you've got an two hours, and, and you have to make. Uh, an emotional connection with the audience with a or a few characters. You have to have a beginning, a middle, and an end. Mm-hmm. It's a movie. It's got to move. And in order to keep an audience engaged and emotionally connected, you cannot deal with something on the, of the scope that you would have to be dealing with to really analyze what the world is like without the Beatles, what it's like without cigarettes, what it's like without Harry Potter, what it's like with I mean that's too too much. Well, no, we wouldn't explore all just, of those other things. Well, I know, but, you but would even just the, the Beatles, Beatles effect. I mean, the Beatles if it is doesn't the exist, one. then it doesn't exist. That also just didn't make sense to me either. I guess what I mean, I I thought it, it was funny, need to be explained. but it, it but it's not so glaring but that like, I'm thinking why, to myself. Yeah, it's not important. The movie's poorer. Why even for do it? it? It's just a missed opportunity. Because it's an interesting backdrop to a very well executed rom-com. Okay. I mean, I did think it was funny, so I guess I did it its is, job. I, I mean, it is funny, and it's like... It's like, that's random. It's quirky. It, you know, it, there is a, you know... It does pose some, like, moral No, the marketing says imagine property. a world without the Beatles. Yeah. We didn't do that. I, I think they did. Anyway, anyway, it's, it's like I, mean, I said, it's, it's not good, so glaring it, that that's my problem with the film. My problem with the film was that I expected much, much, much more from Danny Boyle and a very interesting premise, a very interesting idea. Yeah, good movie though. And and back to what tripping. you said, like good the, the Beatles songs he did, great rendition. Sure. Also, yeah, he, I did. I did he, like the the did versions. A great job. I thought you know the version of Help was especially one where I like. Yeah, I liked the yeah, kind of like it was a little more, more punk, frazzled, punky yeah. version. That's of a, Help. that's a depressing song. It is, it yeah. is, but it feels so upbeat in the Beatles version that you kind yeah. of overlook the, the. But he his performance, I think, brought out some of that kind of. Uh, that was a good scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, you talking about the rooftop scene. The rooftop yeah, scene. Good scene. Yeah. And I like the use of Long and Winding Road when he was doing the song off with uh, Ed Sheeran. Yeah, it's just yeah. like, yeah, oh, man. Ed Sheeran. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't, no, there's lots of moments I liked in it. It was an enjoyable afternoon at the movies. Exactly. I, 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 overall, great experience. I do, though, I think 
side with Joe to some ex- I, I think more so than I do with Carlos here, who who seems to be saying like this is just a Fuck good else movie. Is him, man. I understand your your position. I think that you're right on some level that this and and certainly I think you know if Richard Curtis isn't paying you something to have you say that, then he should because you know you're you're apologizing for him and and his and his uh, uh, sort of rom com by numbers thing. But no, I I think. I think that, to me, like Joe's saying, it's such a rich conceit here, like that, okay, we've lost this huge part of popular culture. What effect does this have? Even just to explore in more depth the 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 stuff that they do get into with him and like what does this mean that I'm presenting stuff that's my own that's not that's really yeah. not my own and I mean it's there but I don't I feel like they could have gone a lot lot deeper, deeper a lot yeah. darker and and also but brought in some of this darker. what are some of the ramifications I don't know I, 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 mean, I think I also disagree. not to get a PG thirteen and not to make it a rom com it would have had to be a different kind of film exactly yeah. I guess that's what what my initial beef was is that they're doing this movie and this is how they're doing it like. Why? Right. Why this genre? If they're choosing this idea, but it is a cool. But it was fun, and I. It I, is a cool I, I thing to see all these reinterpretations of the Beatles. Can't music. go wrong with the Beatles music. And like Never. I said, bring bring my daughters. It got them more. I mean, they've heard Beatles, but they definitely got so. excited about some Beatles songs that they haven't been excited about before. Yesterday is now a favorite of mm-hmm. theirs that they want to hear. So, um, might be the greatest song ever recorded. I disagree with Joe <laughs> about uh, the marketing because. I think the marketing made it very clear that this is a movie about a world without the Beatles that only one guy remembers, and the marketing makes it very clear, at least to me, that it was about what does the one guy do, mm-hmm. not how is the world affected by the fact that the I'm Beatles I'm going to prove you wrong. <laughs> when we post this, I'm going to find some of that marketing. <laughs> All right. All I mean, right. do whatever you think you need to do, man. Well, but so also I love rom coms. That's I should have said that at the top oh. of the episode, and maybe I'll drag and drop this at the top. Uh, but I do love rom coms, <laughs> and I thought this was a great rom com, and maybe that's why yeah. I liked it more than you guys because I love love, and you guys don't. It was great jokes too, though. Like Good everyone jokes. was funny. Uh, everyone yeah. felt so, believable in their so character. You guys hate love, right? <laughs> <laughs> you guys don't really like the wives. I just said I like love, actually. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, I hate but it. But you don't you love love there. Yeah. No, hey, all you I love love. love. I cuddle for enjoyment. <laughs> I watch rom-coms. Hey, that is wonderful. And like I say, I when I'm in the right mood, <laughs> I enjoy it. And I do like love. <laughs> I defend myself as a, a, as a lover and of love. And the chemistry between those two main characters was good. It was good. She, yeah, I, mean, I loved I, her. I, I love I was going to say I think Lily James to me has a lot of charisma, and I expect so to see yeah. her in a lot of more stuff. Oh, sure. I I'm less convinced on him. I think he did really well in sure. this role. I'm just he not. He gave me Russell Brand vibes in that beard. Really? <laughs> the way he talked. I think it was the. And we specific- all see where Russell Brand has landed. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think it's just the accent and the fact that he had that that beard. Yeah. Um, the, yeah. Anyway, it's off. It's off topic. Yeah. yeah. Um, so is golden is a blonde stout a style or not? Right. Not. Well, like we woke up in a world where stouts didn't exist, and all we have are these golden stouts. I'd and be pissed. People, what? What's going on? No, I want a Guinness. What? What's a Guinness? What's I don't. A Guinness? What are you talking about? We have these. Ireland these are. Real, oh, you want a, You want something with coffee flavor? Here, it's it's. No, no. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think I like this one maybe a little bit better than than uh, the uh, Superior Bathhouse yep. um, 
what would you guys remember the name of that? What the Soto's it? Folly. The Soto's yeah. Folly. Um, so I, I think this, you know, World Court Mocha. It I liked it because it had a little more bitterness to it. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, it so it gave it like a little kind of sharper bite at the end for me. Um, there was a nice finish there. I definitely get the coffee tones there, but it's just it's not a stout. I mean, it's like no. a, it's a coffee blonde. I yeah. don't know that 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 would be a better name for it's it. It's not a stout. It's not even in the vicinity of a stout. Yeah, and I'm not getting the white chocolate so much. What did you think, Josh? Is is this your I, first time? I, having... I am getting some white chocolate. I, I okay. yeah, I was gonna say it kind of smelled like milk chocolate to me when I was, okay. was sniffing. Uh, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, Good. I do not drink very much craft beer. It's usually just whatever is in the fridge at Hybrid Records, um, which is always <laughs> hashtag Natterdays. <laughs> Every day's Natterday at Every Hybrid day is Records. Natterday, the official beer of the Sidewalk Sale. <laughs> Um, but yeah, yeah, I have had stouts and I would not compare this to any of those stouts. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's forget the name stout. Do you like the taste, flavor, and yeah, I pro- it. profile yeah. of this beer? I do. I would drink another one of these. I would I drink another one of these take too. issue with calling this a blonde stout. It's, a, it's the same way you got mad at Evil Twin Brewing for calling it a wedding cake. Yeah. Whatever, yeah. When there wasn't a lot of wedding cake. That's the issue. I got mad. <laughs> no, well, you didn't get you didn't get mad, but no, you said you, you said, and maybe I'll maybe I'll even Isolate go and find it, and and drop it, it yeah. in, I don't so think I can do pull that. you. I won't, but <laughs> but you but you were like, if you just called this a stout, fine, it's good. Same with the with the with the state fair donut one. If like, yeah. oh, you if, if you just said this is an imperial stout, and I was like, oh, I'm getting this, that's a good stout. But if you're telling me that I'm going to get all this cinnamon donut, or I'm going to get yeah, all this yeah, way, yeah. it's the same thing with this. If you're telling me I'm going to get something that resembles a stout. You can turn around and go the other way because this does not do that right. at all. Like but even a little bit. But our trajectory in our now two beer golden stout blonde stout exploration series. Yeah. Hashtag that. It's long. <laughs> Hashtag is a two is beer. a good trajectory because I enjoyed this beer. This is a good beer, but other. like. There are blonde pa- or there are coffee pale ales that exist. There yeah. are coffee. coffee call IPAs. it that. Well, yeah. what's like, the whale know? of golden stouts? Who created this? Maybe their recipe is so insane, and all of these are pale imitations. Yeah. Well, the, the, a question for our listeners uh, too. Okay. Like, which, yeah. uh, Send us that. I would love to hear more. That, that. Yeah, that's what that, I'm saying. That uh, platonic form of a golden stout. Send right. It away. The golden yeah. goose egg of golden stout. Golden goose egg of a golden stout. Beer exploration, two beers in, hashtag the whole thing. Dude, you're golden. <laughs> so and with all this hashtagging going on, I think we should probably... <laughs> hashtag take a break. Probably take a break. And uh, when we come back, we're going to... We, we spent some time talking about a movie that imagines what happens if the Fab Four never existed. We're going to spend some time talking about a movie that's all about the Fab Four existing in a big way. When we return... So, Joe, yes. you're, you're going to get us set up here yes. with uh, the next beer, yeah? Yes. Okay. Your unnamed beer delivery service brought you this delicious next, uh, let's assume that it is. It's let's difficult hope. to read the uh, bottle art, though. Zoftig? Yep. Zoftig? Brewing Company. Out of Ohio. Oh, fantastic. This is, yeah. our, this is our entree into Ohio, I believe. Have we not let's had go. Ohio? Well, ha- I think oh, I've, got nice. the, I've got the stuff. Do, do, do. No, this, I'm going to read this. It says, A crop... 
black light stout with coconut. Right. And uh, something in there is trademarked. And this bottle is saying that it's a nine percenter. So tell us more. What did you bring us? The bounty uh, so, looks delicious. Yeah, so it's an imperial stout, as you might uh, expect with the nine percent alcohol by volume. Uh, this That's this it. is a That's variant. <laughs> It get, hey, it, it's getting our it's yeah. getting our uh, average yeah. creeping up there. So uh, w this is uh, a beer that I think that they brew regularly, the Blacklight Stout, mm -hmm. but then they do variants of it. And this one obviously has coconut incorporated. Uh, <clears throat> it was bottled back in April of this year. This, um, I mean, I, I don't know a whole lot else other than that. Other besides knowing Zaftig is a fairly well-regarded brewery uh, out of Ohio. So well, I'm uh, pouring these up, gents, and they're pouring like the motor oil that we expect a stout to look like, right, Carlos? An yeah. imperial stout for sure, yeah. And, oh, man, you said the magic words with coconut. You guys know I'm a slut for coconut. <laughs> I, I also, I consulted the sheet. This is our first Ohio. Fantastic. Nice. All right. Welcome, Ohio. And welcome, Zoftig. Uh, I'm getting a little coconut on the nose, I think. Not, maybe not as powerful as some coconut beers that I've had in the past. Mm. Car yeah, Carlos's like, homebrew was more coconut. Yes, right. The, Carlos had some the of coconut them. stout. I still, I, I still and have. it came chunky style. I still, <laughs> it did. It came with the uh, mounds in them. Oscar Blues Death by Coconut. That's Ugh, one, that that's I, one of my I favorites. Like, that's a porter, but, uh, yeah, but still so coconut. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, we enjoy, we keep a four in the fridge of the... Uh, Hiwa coconut porter. The Maui oh, one? okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah that one's good. It's been a while since I've had that, but I remember liking it. Yeah. Coconut's a common adjunct these days. Because it's great. Some people hate it, though. It, well, it, some it, people it can fuck off. Well, we I, don't, I, I don't like to eat raw coconut, but I do like coconut flavor. The texture of raw coconut can be off-putting. So I don't like a mounds or yeah. an almond joint. Yeah, I don't like those either. All right, what are we doing here today? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, let me talk about fruit cups. Right. <laughs> well, as I, as I said before the break, fruit cups. <laughs> having spent time with a movie that imagines a world without the Fab Four, let's think about a movie that's all about the Fab Four. And I suggested, and y'all consented, to going back to the uh, hard days, a hard day's night, which is the first Beatles film, uh -huh. um, and I think the best Beatles film. I agree. I'll, just, I'll I'll show my hand. A lot of right critics there. concur with that opinion. Um, it, which which didn't necessarily set out to be a great film, but I think actually is a pretty tremendous and and a film that for me just like screams the 1960s. Mm -hmm. I don't yes. know. I, I see Beatlemania. Yes, it, it was the height of Beatlemania, yeah. really, right? That, well, this that film, is like the picture, this film of was a yeah, this right. film was a key ingredient of upping the mania in Beatlemania, right, right, or and 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 also kind of satirizing some of it too. On right? purpose, I mean, yeah, I think seemingly. that's part of what I like about this film so much is that it set out to both chronicle what was going on, but also kind of expose some of what it meant to these guys. Even though it's cheeky and it's funny and they're kind of playing versions of themselves, it, I think, reveals some of the actual pressures that they were experiencing without being kind of whiny about it. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. Um, I've seen those whiny rock rockumentaries or even fictionalized versions a bit where it's like, oh, woe is me, I'm so famous. And this doesn't take that route, but it does show some of the pressures on them and how that would impact people. Yeah, right? and I mean, they were young. Yeah, they, super young. They were yeah. like not even twenty or around twenty. Yeah, uh, twenty-one. Yeah, um, I know they range a little bit, but uh, yeah, I mean that's a lot, and that was not very common, right, uh, in that time. So yeah, and as and now like when we look back 
at the first of all, this is my first time to view the film. I, yeah. I watched it for the first oh, time really? for the for the podcast, and I, it's one of those. Carlos, you mentioned back when we were talking Kubrick, uh, two thousand one, A Space Odyssey. That uh, there were a few Kubrick films that I used a great term. I listened to that episode again. Um, that you're uh, ashamed aren't on your resume or something like that. That there's a, that I haven't seen yet. Yeah, and some um, glaring holes. In I I know that lists are so subjective, but this film appears on so many lists, and it's always been on my radar. In fact, I keep a spreadsheet of those films that I want to see, and I try I check to see when they stream so that I can watch them for free. Man. I love a spreadsheet. Um, I'm so glad to have ticked this one off of the haven't seen yet <laughs> list. Yeah. Uh, and I did a lot of research on it mm-hmm. and, uh, I was fascinated to learn that it, they, it didn't have the, you said it at the top, they didn't have the aspirations that this be the cultural film, the top listed film that it became. Yeah. And it almost accidentally stumbled into that. Yeah. Yeah. The, That's the, my impression. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it seems like, you know, given the timing, it was kind of a thing where United Artists, the, the studio behind it, were like, hey, we'll give you a little bit of money and we'll make this film and then we can get this soundtrack out around it. And you can, you know, they, they were looking at it as how do we milk this yeah. huge yeah. moment for this band that's probably not going to stay popular for very long. Right. And <laughs> and to people who don't know, like Capital was the EMI American distributor of right. their albums. So the fact that they were making a movie, they could sell the soundtrack before they could sell the album right? and make right. more money that way. Right, so... So it was more about the album than the film. Yeah, I mean, it it was, you know, it's one of those cases where you have this thing that really, in a certain sense, is one of those very um, sort of bald-faced capitalist moves to go go back, you know, (laughs) hashtag down with capitalism. Uh, But but it worked because, okay, like, we'll give you this little bit of money. We're going to get this soundtrack out of it. We're going to be able to do this thing. You guys are popular enough to recoup this little, the paltry sum we give you to make the film. And I don't know the exact sequence of events that made this happen, but the Beatles and whomever was working on this were able to get them together with Richard Lester, who was this sort of young director who was just doing some, was doing some kind of experimental stuff um, that was kind of rough and a little anarchic, and they threw them together. And it's like, instead of it being kind of a straightforward just concert film mm-hmm. or something like that, mm-hmm. they really... Look behind the scenes. Yeah, they incorporate these really funny, almost surrealist kind of elements, absurdist elements at the very least, that kind of played throughout. So, you know, the basic, we haven't even talked right, about it. For ahead. any of our listeners who haven't seen the film, I mean, the basic premise is you have the Beatles, a band from Liverpool, who are taking a train to London to perform on television this live concert at the height of their popularity, right? And so the film picks them up, goes on that train ride, and then there's some, you know, hijinks, and then they end up on stage, and the last 10 minutes of the film is a, you know, TV performance. Um, Fairly simple, but what they do in there is a lot of fun. I mean, stylistically, there's some really cool stuff going on with the handheld camera work. That was not a common thing in feature films of that era, right? It was actually something that they were kind of borrowing from the rise in uh, cinema verite mm-hmm. that was going on at the time. You know, cheaper cameras that were lighter that people could actually move around with. So shooting it handheld, doing a lot of stuff on the fly. 
Um, it, it, it feels spontaneous. It feels it feels like you're watching them having had the idea to do this little bit right then and there, and they had a camera in their hand. It's yeah. so yeah, it's so natural. Yeah, it's it's, it's true. Like it's just them. And, and I'm sure there's been analysis of done of which percentage of the film is exactly what I just described. Yeah, and which because there was a screenplay. There was yeah. The, yeah. a lot of the dialogue was written. Right. Right. So it's, yeah, I mean, it comes off as uh-huh. feeling very natural, but you're right. I mean, there was planning that went into it. They had something there. But I think, you know, the screenwriter, Alan Owen, I think, you know, spent time with them, um, was writing. I don't know if he was from Liverpool or had just had written because part of why they picked him is that he had like some experience writing w- in Liverpudlian dialogue mm-hmm. or whatever. So he kind of, I think they knew that he could write things that would seem organic to them. And, and that worked. I mean, they just, they don't come off as wooden. They don't come off as, it, they come off as very sort of wet behind you know, the ears. Yeah. Or, yeah. Like young guys just kind of experiencing uh-huh. this ridiculous level of fame. Some are better actors than they others. They have this great little gag of where Paul's grandfather is with them throughout the film, right? <laughs> <laughs> who's not actually his grandfather. And that's something that I remember seeing this, whatever, you know, 20 years ago, maybe for the first time, I I had no idea that he was a very successful um, television actor right. on a series called Steptoe and Son that actually was remade here as Sanford and Son, right, with the, the Red Fox series. Mm, yeah. but, but he was the, like, Red Fox, the ornery old guy character in the series, and it was an it was a recurring joke in that series. I've, this is just from me reading up on it. Um, I, I've not seen Steptoe and Son, actually. Um, he's referred to as a dirty old man a lot in that series. Here in this film, they oh, make a so point funny. of they're constantly they talking about how clean he is. Exactly, yeah, right? I never knew yeah, that. That's me either. So I'm much like, funnier. It, exactly. It helped me. I'm like, okay, so now I get why. <laughs> it, it isn't just an absurd thing that they're harping on. It was actually a direct kind of joke that they're making about this other joke that's going on in this series that he's part yeah, of. Yeah, that was one of those things I just... I thought it was like, oh, maybe it's just something of the time. I don't right. get it. They just keep saying it. I'm just like, oh, that's kind of funny, I guess. Then, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's so satisfying to know. And I think the other, one thing that did strike me when I saw this the first time, like I say, about 20 years ago, is I had had a lot more experience seeing another 60s act visually um, depicted, and that was the monkeys. Yeah. I had seen a lot of monkeys on television because that was Ethan when you needed. I know, right? He, <laughs> our resident monkeys expert, uh, he, you know, that was being rebroadcast. I think on Nickelodeon back right. in the '80s. And uh, so MTV I, though too, right? I think it, yeah, I think you're right. I think it kind of they floated. did Monty Python's Holy Grail. MTV. I think they did the monkeys kind of ah. like 9.30, 10 p.m. Maybe. Okay. Okay. Well, th- so there you go. So that, so I was seeing this stuff as a kid, and it was so... MTV's changed. Yeah. <laughs> sure. It was so fun. No and, music. And vital and everything. <laughs> but then seeing Hard Day's Night, you know, whatever, maybe 10 years after that, it blew my mind. I was like, oh, this is so the clearly yeah. the visual template for yeah. what they were doing with it. Like, the whole Monkey series was them taking a hard day's night, and I guess help to some extent. And like, yeah, I was going to say, just, more so help, because it's more like fictionalized hijinks story. Yeah, yeah. But, but like, but that's the, the, this is the reason the why elements, all those exist. Yeah, exactly. These, like, quick cutaways and all this, and, you know, the, the musical sequences where they're just kind of like, you know, moving through these spaces and there's this kind the of... The monkeys don't exist in the movie yesterday because the Beatles have to exist. The monkeys don't exist. <laughs> I did well, like... Well, that's the, a clear... That the, would be the part clear, where, he, yeah. where he looks up Oasis and Oasis doesn't exist. Yeah, that of course. Yes, funny. That, okay, that's, that, a, that's a great That was joke. one nod that we got. I, I was expecting them, even though we already didn't have this movie, to, for 
them to acknowledge when him and Ellie first met because oh, he's yeah, singing he sings Wonderwall. Wonderwall. And I, I thought, thought the same thing. I thought oh, that right, was going to happen. Right. And that, that was my only disappointment as far as like the consequences of those things not existing is they didn't tackle that. They That's a good point. Confront that. But anyway, Hard yeah. Day's Night. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that, so I remember that being kind of, and, and it really did, I think, you know, as you look back on it, um, it, like, like I was saying, you know, a little bit earlier, like this film is so evocative of the 60s for me visually because so much that followed it, I think, had some of that influence. Like a lot of that, you know, Austin Powers, which was like the recycling of the 60s in yeah. the 90s that I was, you know, see, like that has references. I mean, there's just all this stuff that came from this film that was, you know, this micro-budget film that was really just supposed to be had the right, the right creative team. Just, well, yeah, it was just the stars mm-hmm. aligned. I mean, for one thing, you have the Beatles themselves are adventurous, forward-thinking. But the Beatles attacking the material. Yeah. They don't hold back. They're not reserved in their execution of right. silliness and Right, well, that's what I'm saying, is that you, you, have a, you have a group of guys that's game for that, that yeah. are actually wanting to push forward. And you see, you know, like their later work that they did that was a little more focused or at least more conceptual. Right. You know, I'm thinking of like things like Magical Mystery Tour or uh, Yellow Submarine. Oh, and they had time to yeah. actually do it. Because I well, mean, this movie shows how much time they didn't have because right. of doing everything. And huge budgets and all that. So yeah. like they, they were constantly, not just with their music, but also with like, you know, everything that they did. They were thinking about how do we like push this in different directions and everything. So you have them kind of at that early stage doing that. You have Richard Lester at this early stage of his career, inventive, trying new things, not penned in by, you know, old traditions or how things are supposed to be done. You bring them together along with, you know, I think a lot of other talented folks that, you know, movies are collective enterprises, but it just, it's like the stars aligned and allowed for this really better than it should have been mm-hmm. film to, yeah. co- to come out. Yeah, get that impression. Yeah. It's yeah. better than it should have been. Yeah. Carlos, do you, do you have any... Didn't see it. You didn't see <laughs> oh, it? Oh, man. No. Okay. I... Are, you, are you now like... Give me that beer back. <laughs> I, I do... You've never seen it, though? I've never seen it. I really wanted to see it. Now I want to see it even more than I did before. Do you have a TV before. screen at your, at your store? You don't... I tried watching it today, yeah. but I get interrupted by... Fucking customers, but you <laughs> but you just don't play music stuff on a big screen in your store, or do you, no, is it no. mostly it's music? Yeah, I just play music. Yeah. I don't want to have Make, a TV. Um, yeah. yeah, so I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. I wasn't able to. Okay, okay. to watch it, um, dude. Between Fourth of July, so good. And like all the stuff happening at the store, I, I my time was limited, so I I had to make a hard decision. Right, and because I knew we were having Josh on. He would take my place in this conversation. Be quiet. Yeah. Josh, what did you think? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and uh, you ju- and you just got to see it on the big screen. Yeah, I was right? lucky enough. Uh, we had bought tickets to the Corpus showing at our Alamo Draft House, and uh, but I was not able to go, and so we ha- it happened to be playing in Denver while we were honeymooning, uh, and so we got to watch it together. And it was also her first time, and. Uh, I she's not a big Beatles fan before meeting me and so like her me getting in getting them getting her into them uh she really enjoyed the movie and I kind of set the scene before of like you know this is what was happening in 1963 going to 64 yeah this it's is, nice when you get to share your first time together yeah yeah it was and uh 
It was a fun show. I mean, there was a lot of people, and that always makes a movie party better at yeah. Yeah. Draft House. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. I mean, and especially something, I even felt that way with yesterday. I don't know. I know you guys, it sounds like, went to see it a little bit later. I went opening weekend, and the theater was packed, and it was clearly, it was an older audience, I will say. It was it was kind of fun to walk in. It was it a lot of baby boomers, right? That's to be expected. <laughs> yeah. um, but, it, but you could tell there was just such... A, deep love and affection for the music mm-hmm. and yeah. and you could feel that as the film was playing like yeah. just people I, could, I swear I heard people singing maybe under their breaths yeah and same, um, same, oh, with, yeah. with the, the showing I went to it was a lot of like you were saying like the older generation but then like yeah. they were having their grandkids there and that was cool they were yeah. into it and you can hear yeah. everyone laughing at the same jokes right. so like it was kind of cold along, so people who did know bits would say them as they were coming out. And, right. Oh, like I love like the John Lennon one where he's like passing the woman in the train, and she's like, "Oh, you look like him." He's like, "Oh, it's, <laughs> no, I don't." And just, like that. That and whole then, thing is just so funny, and it, it is. I think out of all four, uh, the best written lines and jokes and the best delivery was was John on the whole movie. Yeah, I don't. Um, George, you can kind of tell he was. Stiff. Reading a script. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Paul, he's just kind of cute and charming, and a lot of his jokes um, weren't as funny as John's, I guess. And John's just a little more sharp. Uh, yeah, yeah. He comes across. I have to say, I mean, my favorite in the film is Ringo. I yeah, mean, I just he he's got such a face. And, yeah, and, and he's and definitely I, the silliest in the whole movie. Yeah, and I well, and I just think especially that he has like young, some slap early scenes. Ringo. Yeah, like he just. He's got a funny face, yeah. and, and so like you, you put he anything does. in his little malapropism, you know these little things that he says, and you know and pa- apparently he's the guy who said the title. Yeah, them, exactly. Right. I mean, I get. I guess there's a bunch of different variations on it, but everybody agrees. Like he at some point, print, you know, just said, "Oh, it's a hard day." Isn't that you know like yeah? It was were, uh, they were like recording all day out of the studio, and, and, night, and yeah. he's like. He was thinking they were there during the day, but it was actually the night. And he comes out, and it's like, oh, it's a hard d- day, day. And then night. he just says night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I same mean, with the "Tomorrow Never Knows" the the song. Yeah, yeah. He just said that in an interview. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's full of wonder. Right. Octopus's right. garden. Peace and love. <laughs> peace and love. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I I I like Ringo a lot. He's he's a great. Uh, I but like think. you said, so much influence, not even musically, but just like like you're saying, in, in cinema, in in the whole monkeys thing, like yeah. the whole idea of like just a musical music band. videos. Yes, music video the editing yeah. of, of all of these things. Yeah, it's very fast, rapid editing in a lot of spots. I mean rhythmic editing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you, you can see like uh they slow down some of the songs actually. They're not the actual Oh interesting. I hadn't speed. even picked up on that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so uh, I heard though, and I haven't seen it. But when I was reading a little background on it, getting ready for this, I did see that apparently there was a home video release in the 80s, maybe the first time it was released on home video, that all the songs, for some reason, got pitched down an octave. Oh, really? Yeah, I, which seems really strange. And I've never seen, like, but I'm sure there's maybe a rip online or something that you can, Yeah. But I, I didn't track it down, but apparently that was like a mistake that was made when they were first bringing it on to VHS or whatever, and then... You know, they fixed it for subsequent uh, home video releases. And I I was watching the DVD from 2000-ish, I think, that uh, Miramax had put out. Oh, awesome. Anyway, yeah. Um, well, cool. I mean, so it, it, it sounds like we, we all, and I didn't expect anything different. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a pretty hard film to uh, to dislike. And it, it, it does not take itself too seriously. Like I said, I think that's what I 
one of the things I really enjoy about it watching it again is like it really does point out some of those pressures of being in that kind of intense period of fame that they were in and stayed in for a long time. Sure. Let's face it. I mean, that nobody expected it to last as long as it did, but that, but it has. Um, but it does it in a way that's not like, oh, woe is me, or, you know, like, oh, look at this. Like, they're enjoying it, too. Yeah, they have a smile on their face. The whole time. They're yeah. running from fans. They're... Right. The, the interviews they're doing, that whole interview scene, too, when they're just, right. like, joking with every every person who... They're never giving a serious answer. They're having fun yeah. with every single thing which, they're doing. Which definitely just kind of, to me, it just impresses on me. Like, yes, their music is amazing, right? I mean, I just... And I'm sure we're going to have listeners who, who disagree with, you know, there there are Beatles hater, haters out there, right? I mean, oh, yeah. anything that's loved this much, Getting there's going to be backlash. The <laughs> dum-dums, right, yeah. Um, but, but, I mean, it wasn't just their music. It was their personalities, right? I mean, like, they could have been great songwriters and made great songs that would have gotten them some attention. But if they hadn't had those really magnetic, I think especially John and, and Paul to some extent and, and Ringo, like, had that out there and had that kind of, you know, irreverence to their attitudes when they were doing their early interviews and making yeah, those appearances. Yeah, it was like they were infamous for that. A lot of right. people didn't do that at the time, but they no. just said what was on their mind. They, and they weren't were, they were the quick-witted old pop, with it. They were so clearly this new kind of pop culture figure that they really distinguished themselves. And now we I think it's easy to take for granted because I think they opened that up and now people can be irreverent. People yeah. can be. But that's not what musicians were. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, is this what a stout is? What we're drinking right now? It's an a imperial stout. stout. Yeah, it's a stout. It's a stout. It is. Well, yes. As opposed to the blonde stout, which we're staying, which is not a stout. stout. Yeah. So this is a stout. This is a stout. Not a lot of coconut. Yeah, you know that. A little, little hints of it, maybe. Yeah. Um, some of that nuttiness. Uh huh. I think but, I, for me, it came across in the nose more than it did the. Uh, flavor i'll agree with that yeah uh, i agree as well but the nose and the flavor on this beer were actually pretty, pretty excellent i pretty good beer the consistency and this is weird was a little thin for me didn't like the mouth feel i'm just talking about the pour like the, yeah. just, i could tell that it was just a more of a of a of a viscous less viscous thank you yeah. less viscous i stopped myself and no that's okay i was about to repair it so i okay. appreciate you you jumping in We'll have to have a whole, you. like, sub-talk someday about viscosity. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's just so much to it. So, yeah, I guess yeah. that does translate to mouthfeel, but what a small criticism for a very delicious flavor. Yeah, very yeah. good beer. Yeah. I, Josh, what'd you think? Uh, it was a thicker boy compared to the golden. Sure. Compared to the golden, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, yeah. If, yeah, if we were comparing stouts. But, yeah, this is closer well, to well. regular stout. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, it's definitely not very heavy, like you were saying. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I could, I could drink a couple of these. Yeah, I was gonna say really easily, easily drinkable. Yeah, it does for go first out. Yeah, it goes down pretty easy. Yeah, for nine percent, uh, I'm not feeling taxed by it. It's not like one of those really thick imperial stouts where I'm like, oh my god, all I can do yeah, is four your ounces one beer of, this. of the night. I wonder if the yeah. brewmaster. I wonder if the the brewer of this, if Zo- if Zoftig, Zaftig, Zoftig, I Z- think, yeah. uh, uh, was happy with that coconut outcome because now I, I keep staring at the bottle. This you said that this was a. Uh, a series that they do with adjuncts well, on I there. Well, I think they have, I think the black light stout is uh-huh. a thing, and then there's a coconut. I think I've seen at least a coffee. I think okay. they have a straight version. So they'll that's do an adjunct the to the, okay. stout. Yeah. I wonder if they're happy with that because you're right. There's not that much coconut in it, but 
Yeah, I think I think uh, my I think with most adjuncts, I think there is a learning curve there, and whether this is the first time they were working with coconut, or maybe they just prefer something that's a much milder coconut than than others. Um, I imagine a brewery has a tendency to. L- to try to go lighter with an adjunct I was going to ask you if you prefer too much higher. or too little, yeah. Golly, it depends on the recipe. I mean, like those uh, fruit uh, ingenious beers that, Carlos, that you love so much. I mean, they're heavy with the fruit, but they do it so well. It pays off. It's not overwhelming. Yeah, I mean, just based on our past discussions, I would say that, you know, if, if there is a general verdict here, I would guess and correct me that we would err on the side of if you're going to say that something is in there make sure we can taste it yeah. because well, i would appreciate it if you did not speak for me damon but well hey <laughs> then you 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 pipe no, right in no you, i'm just kidding yeah. uh, you're right yeah yeah i i i mean i'm i'm okay with there being hints of things but especially if you're going to put it in the title of mm-hmm. the beer the name yeah. of the beer i think you need to make sure that that thing shows up and and has a presence there or else you know why? Why are you? Why are you telling me it's there? Well, it's a straight up fail if it doesn't. It, it, you I, attempted so, coconut or whatever, and yeah. and you did not achieve it. Yeah. Now some brewers might say, "Well, I can't help it that you have such a dumbed down palate, <laughs> David Gurney, that you can't." And and you know I will totally uh, accept that there are people who have more yeah. sensitivity yeah. with their uh, with their taste buds than I do. So there may be somebody who would sip this and be like, oh, coconut. Uh-huh. That's not me. Yeah. I need a, a more intense version of that. Right. Yeah. But we liked it. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yes, Joe. <laughs> we did like it. <laughs> we did we like liked it. it. Yeah. But in the future, guys, if you're going to sell us <laughs> coconut, what happened? <laughs> what happened? Ash wasn't ready. He, he just didn't have the... Oh, with all your social? Yeah. Did y'all have a favorite Hard Day's Night song? Or like like musical sequence? Yeah, I mean, I think the Can't Buy Me Love sequence is probably the one, the, the music yeah, the video. Yeah, the one that like, stands out the most. That, that's, that's probably the one that still sort of captures me the most. I think musically, the song I like the most is Hard Day's Night. Yeah. I mean, it yeah. just... Which is an iconic opening. It is, but it, it's funny when you read that it was like tacked on because yeah, they, when they like, were making the film, <laughs> they didn't it was have a title. Beatlemania. I mean, right. like they were. It was like a project about. The and Beatles. that would have been so much worse. Worse. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> singing then, a song called Beatlemania too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Right. We are the Beatles, Beatle, Beatle. Well, yeah. they, hey, hey, we're, we're the, the monkeys. monkeys. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Do you have a well, particular it was called one? Bigger Than Jesus. That was the title of the song. <laughs> <laughs> they, right. they shelved But that it is interesting, though, like saying that like it's about like a day in the life of them, that help was like the one that came directly after this. Yeah. Cry for help. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Right, right. Then they were ready to say. I, mean, I, would say, I would say almost all of the concert footage. I mean, it's done really, really, really well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah it's a, it's they like look a so playful. Show. They're having so yeah. much. They have, they have they have a lot of fun mm-hmm. up there. Now they're probably putting some of that on for the camera. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was. I'm so glad I got a, finally got a chance to see this one. Cool. Yeah. Why I love the podcast. And if you love the podcast, let us know. You can uh, find us on all of the various and sundry social media channels that you may or may not subscribe to. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Beer Movie Show. You can find us on Instagram at Beer and a Movie. And you can find us at Facebook.com slash Beer and a Movie TX. And as always, you can find us at Beer and a Movie Podcast.com. If you are listening to this on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and subscribe and stay abreast on new episodes. 
Uh, you will get that alert whenever we drop something new, which is every Wednesday. Um, and as always, we would appreciate it if you would rate and review it as well. We know you're going to give us that five-star rating, but please leave us a little review. Tell us uh, what you like, what you don't like. Uh, maybe leave us some ideas for themed episodes in the future. And as always, I've said it a thousand times. I'll say it a thousand more. Send us beer. <laughs> um, if you, If there's something in your area that you think is truly exceptional that we should try and we should discuss uh go ahead and send it to us and you know i've said it before it's a two-way street we'll send you something back it'll be a good time beer's fun friends are fun send your friends a beer <laughs> love your friends love your all friends. you need is love uh, <laughs> we could go on yeah. uh, you can't buy me love but you can buy me beer uh, and uh when do we want it <laughs> yesterday yeah. <laughs> uh and of course Thanks to Joshua. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> what was the name of that band again? Billion, uh, the he, Blind Owls. The Blind Owls. Go check them out. On and the podcast. The, World's Greatest Complainer. World's Greatest Complainer, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, Josh is on If you that. need any sound, uh, go to Melon Sound. Yeah. If you want to have a show, go to the NASA. Yeah. All, All of right. these places. If you need something mixed and possibly mastered, hit them up. Uh, you need to do recording, hit him up. I could go on for a really long time with all this stuff. Um, go to Alamo Draft House. Yeah. <laughs> Send us <laughs> beer. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm fond of Gates Donuts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hybrid records. Okay. Uh, yeah, but until next time, all you need is love. Yeah.